Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon. On Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Podcast on Fishbowl Radio is uh, Jamie again, and it's Tuesday, October the tenth. It's two days before my birthday, so uh, yeah. So today, uh, today has been a, a decent day as far as the cowboy goes. Um, I just spent the morning and le- yesterday and Sunday night. Re- trying to wrap my head around this Cowboys loss, and I and I used to be the guy that says it's going to be all right. This is not going. This, this, this is not going to be all right. I feel like the season's done. At three or two, we're done. I don't see us coming back from this crap. I mean, if it was closer, closer again, yes. But you go into San Francisco and you lay a, a freaking egg. You go into San Francisco and, and try and try, and not to try, but to to be unfocused, to have guys complaining on the sidelines, to have CD Lamb say to be frustrated for nothing for what you haven't fought for any ball all season long. How you gonna call yourself the number one receiver and yet you, you're pissed off because you can't get open. The great ones get open. They fight to get open. How you gonna sit there and say, you know what? Let me be frustrated with my quarterback. Yeah, you should be. But at the same time, you should be frustrated with yourself. Because you cannot fight to get open. You, my friend, are the worst number 88 I ever seen. And I hate to say that because I think C.D. Lamb is a great player. He's a good player. Sorry, not great, but good. But you got to fight for the ball, bro. Like, we can go back to the 70s. It was Drew Pearson. Drew Pearson fought for the ball. Michael Irvin fought for the ball. Michael Irvin fought, figured out a way to get open. Des Bryant figured out a way to get open. Guys that wore the number 88 in Cowboys history found a way to get open when they were recovered by the best, but not even the greatest cornerback in the game. And we're not talking about they don't the foreigners don't have any great corners. They don't. They have good corners. It's not like they're gonna sign their 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 checks to the to the Hall of Fame, but you made them do to uh Sunday night. So to me, to me, CD, you, we need to, we need, you are not that dog at receiver. You need, this, this is, this is, this is why, this is why the Cowboys missed so many opportunities of getting Odell. Because I know before the injuries, Odell fought. He fought to get open. Justin Jefferson, I'm watching highlights. He fought to get open. I look at Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase had three touchdown catches 
this past Sunday. He fought to get open after criticizing his quarterback the previous week. He fought to get open. You, my friend, don't fight. Don't fight to get open at all. When's the last time you did this? Well, people say, "Well, you had one good, one bad game." Okay, what? The other games, you, the other games, you didn't show up. You didn't show up at all, and yet you want to be frustrated at somebody. Be frustrated at yourself. But this doesn't even, doesn't even, doesn't even define my frustration. It goes back to the quarterback. So there's five reasons why. This game was a. Was the, 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 I'm sorry. There's five takeaways of what what I think about this. So number one, Dak Prescott. Let's start with him. 14 for 24 for 153, a touchdown and three interceptions. Three interceptions, dude. Really? Three interceptions. You call yourself that dude, and now you want a contract. I thought the interception numbers would go down. I, they could still go down, but I thought that you learned your lesson after throwing so many last year. Now you're at four interceptions. Now I'm starting to criticize you a little bit more. Now I'm saying, are we done with Dak? What quarterback is in the draft in, in 2024 or 2025 that we can implement into this offense right now? We're tired of Dak saying the same old things every single game, every single season. It's always something with this man. It's always something, and I don't like the fact that when people bring up his bring up things outside the the, the field that that, uh, that causes distraction of why he th- throws so, so many interceptions. It's not the case. Like Mike Basket uh, Basic brought up his sponsorship deals he earns that he he earns that there's no way you're gonna you're gonna stop another man or another person well another man or another woman to get sponsorship deals despite the, their performance you're not gonna stop them from doing that that's gonna get his sponsors that's gonna get his money now contract wise that's different from sponsorships contract wise i'm not sure I'll be very surprised if Dak sits out. He holds out next season. I'm, I'm very. I'll be very surprised. You haven't proven yourself at age 30 years old. You have not proven yourself. But then again, um, I blame it on the. Uh, I blame it on the offense. I blame it on Mike McCartney and I blame it on Dak. I blame on Mike McCartney because of this new offense he implements, the Texas West Coast, whatever that crap is, offense. It's so slow to me. It's shit. It's garbage. There's no... To me, there's no movement. The 49ers offense, there was a lot of movement. That caught the Dallas defense off guard. We'll, we'll talk about their defense in a second. But you don't have... You don't have anything, Dak. This offense, Martin Carney, that, that is instilling and he's calling the plays... It ain't working out for Dak. It worked out for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers studied the playbook from 2008 to like whenever Mike McCartney was fired. And but even when he was at, after he was fired, then he he still studied the playbook at, at, under Matt Lafleur. 
The only difference between Dak and Aaron Rodgers is that Dak doesn't have any freedom to do what he wants to do. I, I seen the pre-snap plays. It didn't work Sunday. Normally, it'll keep the defense off guard, but the 49ers were ready. They were better prepared defensively for Dak. But nonetheless, let's re- let's play a clip from Dak Prescott's conference, and I guess we'll react to it on the other side. Didn't see it coming. As you said, put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. What humbling game are you talking about? This this wasn't a humbling game. This was a shit show. This is literally a shit show game. You've failed. You... I, I don't even know what to do with you anymore. I don't even know what to defend. I I have tried to defend this man. I said, okay, you know, maybe maybe he's not reading the coverage as well. Maybe maybe he's like tired. That's what I was thinking in my mind. I can't defend you anymore, Doc. I have to. I don't want to say we need to, we need another quarterback because that's the easy way out. But we. I want somebody to take ownership. I want someone, whenever the game is on the line, whenever the defense does not play well, I want that quarterback to come back and lead us to victory. Dak has n- can't do that. Dak needs the defense to rely on him, to get him ready to lead him to victory so that when the defense gets stops, that it makes it easier on Dak to run the offense. Which this offense is garbage. Like I said, it's garbage. It's garbage. It won't get better. It won't get better under Mike McCartney if he's calling the plays. Somebody else needs a voice. Like my man Walt said, uh, he wrote something. In, uh, he wrote something that I've been thinking for a long time. And I said this on this podcast, and I said this to other people. This young generation. Dak needs a younger voice. Not some Mike McCartney, don't get me wrong, he's done a great he's done a lot of good things in the league. But Dak needs a younger voice. A younger head coach. Maybe somebody under the age of fifty. To tell him. To grow him. Somebody an offensive mind genius. That right now is that's my age. That's Dak's age. Keller Moore understood that because Keller Moore a little bit older than Dak but at the same time they, they connected so well I don't blame Keller Moore for what he what he did in his offense at least he made adjustments at least he told Dak where to go where to throw the football where to go don't know why Keller Moore was fired from this team and now you go to the Chargers the Char- listen the Chargers are going to be alright they're going to be all right. It's just I don't like the fact that this this quarterback can't accept the blame. Now, granted, Trey Lance in the next three years will be our quarterback in 2026 or not, if not 2025. I just don't see this quarterback lasting past three, past two years. I I, I, don't, I just don't see it. 
it's going if it's going to be the same music over and over and over and over again. We will never get reach our peak under this quarterback, under this office, under this organization, unless we make necessary changes. And the obvious change that we made was the office of coordinator, which is, which was stupid. You keep everybody together so that there is championship potential. Right now, we don't have that championship DNA. We don't have that. You can't say you can't say this week five and see that we have championship potential. The 49ers do. They're stacked from defense to offense. Their quarterback Rob Purdy is better than Dak. He says the playbook. This man was the last pick of last year's draft. He is 10 and 0. Sold the job from Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, and still puts up decent numbers than Dak Prescott. I need that quarterback on my team. I need a quarterback that studies the play, but that cares about the game. Dak does not. The same old excuses every single year. He's your quarterback because because most people want him to be there. There's a lot of Dak fans out there that want him to be the starter because of of his image, not because of his play, because of his what what he stands for. And granted, he has great traits. Don't get me wrong, but on the field, it's always a mystery. Do I get good Dak or bad Dak, or do I get in between? This was bad Dak. This was horrible. Now Brock Purdy, seventeen for twenty-four for two fifty-two and four touchdowns, three them to three them to George Kittle, which I like. I said I'll talk about the defense in a second. Um, th- this man, this man, like I said, studied the playbook. These young quarterbacks that come into the league right now are better than that. Justin Herbert, reason why he got the bag because he's better. Josh Allen, he's better. Aaron Rodgers is for, for, for the injury was better. Zach Wilson, decent, going to get better. Just that. Zach needed Zach Wilson needed a reset. He needed to reset his mind. He needed to, you know, um, he needed his voice. I don't know if the Jets are going to make the playoffs this year. I don't know. I don't care. But if they do make the playoffs better than uh, <laughs> than the Cowboys itself, what does that tell you about Dak and the Cowboys? If Zach Wilson can take that team to the playoffs, what is, or even a winning record? And not even, not even like <laughs> they come in. What was they? They make him was one game of making the postseason. What does that tell you about Dak and the Cowboys? And I'm putting this also blame on Jerry because again, you're going to hire who you want to hire. You're going to hire Mike McCartney. You're going to make Dak Prescott your quarterback. Somebody. There needs to yell at Dak. I know Dak is not a fighter. Somebody needs to yell at Dak and say, you know what? You're playing like garbage. You need to get this shit together. You need to get this shit together. Or else your job is on the line. Or else we'll go a different route. I didn't even talk about Cooper Rush. 
because I feel like Cooper Rush is not going to be on this team any longer. I feel like he, he may retire in two years. You're not talking about Cooper Rush. That's why I said Trey Lance would be the quarterback in 2026. So again, we're going to deal with this year with Stag, possibly next year. We'll see about 2025, and then Trey Lance will take over this team. It's just Trey Lance needs to exploit his potential, and I feel like he does have that potential to be that great quarterback. Maybe one day, but not right now. Brock Purdy does. Brock Purdy is more well-groomed. He last week of the draft last year. I even go a step further. Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, who just got drafted. That quarterback's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. Justin Fields needs a defense, uh, needs a, a decent offensive line to get, and then we'll see more progression. I told, uh, I told Angela, I said Sam Howell will be better than Dak, and I honestly believe that. It's just that Sam Howell is getting used to the playbook. He's getting used to the NFL playbook. He needs to study it more so that he knows where to throw the ball at. Know where to take. He can run, but he it will give him time. Dak has had about eight years. How many years do we have to go with this quarterback? With this new offense? Right now, I said this in the offseason. I said Dak should call his own plays. Dak, whenever you see something wrong with the defense... You should go to an audible, call your own number. You've been in this offense. I'm sorry, you've been on this team. It's nothing different. It's just a different offensive coordinator. It's just an offensive coordinator type of thing. It's scheme. That's all it is. But number two. Now, we had some missed opportunities this game. Now, I listed about two of them. Well, actually four of them. Remember when Dak got sacked by Drake Greenlaw on the Dallas 24-yard line? Was was like about 43 seconds left? Well, 40, whatever. He got sacked by Greenlaw. There's two timeouts left and 40 seconds left. They were down 21 to 7. And I said, they could have just ran, they could have just at least ran three more plays. That was crucial. You could have got a field goal, make it manageable. I'd rather be down by 7 to 11 points than down by 14. You were at the 24-yard line. You could have you could have ran three more plays to get yourself into field goal range. And we have a bigger leg in Brandon uh, Aubrey. Why in the fuck did y'all try? <laughs> why, did you, why did y'all try to go into the locker room? down by 14 points on the 24 yard line on Dallas and you could have ran three more plays get yourself open get yourself in place get yourself in position to score points that's not logic somebody somebody in that somebody I, I don't I don't even know who to blame I don't know who to blame for that possession That, uh, this is why I said Dak needs uh, more accountability. Dak, you're able to use your voice off the field. Use it. Use it now. You should have used it when you were down by 40. You should have ran. You should have 
got everybody to the line of scrimmage and said, let's run, run a play. Let's run a play. You could get got 15 to 16 yards on first position. Okay, then run up to the line of scrimmage. Get another 10 yards. Get another 15. Because I'm pretty sure the four yards were going to defend the sidelines. You had two tie mounts. You had two timeouts down by 14 in the first half. And yet, let's go to the locker room, guys. Let's give up. That's when I knew I said, I'm waving the white flag in this game. I'm waving the white flag. That's why I knew the Cowboys lost. Aggression, uh, passive plays like that would not win when you ate a game. Not even a championship, a game. I mean, full game that that will define your season. Actually, you shouldn't be three and two. You should be at least, at least four and one. I would have accepted this loss. Okay, fine. I would not. I don't accept the Cardinals' loss at all. We should never lose to teams like that. They don't have a great quarterback. Brock Purdy is not a household name. He's going to be a household name. You made him a household name. Josh Dobbs, he's not a household name at all. But you made him one. But we lost we lost points. And then Brock Purdy throws a 40-yard pass to Ayuk. Why give up 40 yards? I don't know. But then there was a holding penalty. And then now, they come back on 3rd and 14, and they throw a 42-yard pass to Debo. You got lucky. You got lucky on that drive. You got to pressure. Do something. You are not elite at all. On that play, there was no pressure. There's no fight on the defensive side, and I want Sh- and I want Shannon to tell to tell the audience, you got to stop. You got to stop. You got to stop killing, shooting yourselves in the foot. On third and fourteen, they threw a forty-two yard pass to Debo. There's no pressure. Let's let Shannon uh, discuss on um, how the Cowboys think, please. Dan O in the building. Good morning. What's up? Hey, What's going on? How we doing? Yes, sir. How- uh, yes. All right. What happened to the Cowboys? What I told you would happen. I said, what happens when the Cowboy offense doesn't get scooping scores or pick sixes? Or the special teams can set that offense up on the short field and they only have to drive 30 yards. And Dak Prescott is, to, is forced to play every down, every possession, every throw, and it matters. What would happen? What you saw would happen. All I heard, we got a historic defense. We have the ability to be the Ravens. We have the ability to be this and this and this. Normally what happens when teams that have the historic defense, they don't tell you about it in the season. We talk about it after it's done. Let us, let the media, let the people that do this for a living tell you how great you are after you've done something. Now, I want you to tell me what you've done. You see how easy it is to play quarterback, Davidovsky, when you're up 40 to nothing, when you're up 38-3, when you're up 
27 to nothing. You see how easy it is to play defense? I told you, turnovers are in that DNA. Jerry Jones tried to tell us for the last several years, turning the football over isn't what Dak is about. It is absolutely what he is about. And you know what? To take a steal, uh, steal a line from uh, DeMar Povich, you are that interception father. You turn the ball over because... Wow, Shannon. <laughs> wow. You turn, you turn the ball over because you're forced to play every possession. You can't just put the ball in, in Tony Pollard's belly. You can't just rely on Michael Parson to get strip sacked. Now, all I heard last week, and they was playing it up in the media, this will be the first time in 630 days since they drafted Tyler Smith number one, that offensive line will be intact. And they got whipped. Wow. They got whipped. That defense, that historic defense that everybody's been yapping about, got ran through like Sherman went through Georgia. The Cowboys are who we thought they were. And the Niners didn't let them off the hook. See, Stephen, that's what you said. You said that uh, Dan Quinn was Kyle Shanahan's boss. He also was the defensive coordinator during that 28-3 lead that they had. So we shouldn't be surprised by this. And I told you. I don't know what they were thinking last night. There's no way I would have lined Michael Parsons up at left defensive end because Trent Williams is going to neutralize it. I'm going to put him on the right side and let him go at time after time on the right tackle. I'm not dealing with Trent. He's a 10-time pro bowler. He's a two-time first-team all-pro. You know where he's going when his career is done? He's coming to join me in Canton. So leave him alone. Did anybody, hold on. Did anybody touch Brock Purdy's hand? Except the coin tosser at the start of the game. Did anybody <laughs> touch him, Dan Olosky? Because I didn't see it. <laughs> what happened is what I thought would happen if they didn't get pick sixes, scooping scores, and the, and the special team couldn't put them on a short field. The Cowboys are who we thought they were. When you make them play and you don't turn the ball over, they can be had in a very big way. Yeah, I... I Alright, so... You heard from Shannon Sharp. He's right. He's absolutely right. And speaking of the defense, let me give you something. George Kittle had three receptions for 67 yards and three touchdowns. Yes. Brandon Ayuk had four for 58. Debo Seven had three for 55. The Cal uh, we got dominated. 67 to 49 on plays. We had five penalties on defense. We weren't, we weren't, which we were um, undisciplined. And Micah, well, no. We're still averaging 17 points a game on defense. So, what does this tell you? This is ridiculous. He's he's right. He's right. You know what I would have done differently? Well, before I say that, I Kyle Shanahan made, made Dan Quinn's little bitch. That's what it is. You can't tell me you you, you don't know Callahan has offense or what he wants to do. But at the same time, I would have done something different. I would have, man, I would have had Michael Parsons. I would have put him everywhere on the field. I would have put everyone on the field. I would have had the secondary jam the receivers at the line of scrimmage. Somebody has to account for George Kittle. If you play physical with George Kittle, he's not that great tight end that, that people are, are used to seeing. 
He's, he's not. I, I, I still think he's overrated. I think George Kittle's overrated. Against Dallas, this may be his best game, but other teams, he's overrated. And y'all can book that. And let's play a clip from Micah Parsons. That on, on I want to ask a question. Micah, did we watch the same game? Did we watch the same game? Let's play that clip, please. I don't think they really are higher level than us. Um, I think we're the same caliber playoff team. Um, if not the same talent standard as them. Um, I just feel like we need to really reconsider some things, get together, and uh, fix it, fix some things. I feel like it was a few plays away. The score don't really uh, shape what really happened out there. After a game like that, why do you feel that? Why, why do you still feel like you guys are on their level? I just feel like there was nothing that they did besides us beating ourselves. I mean, you look at the third downs. I mean, I jump off sides, we, we, and then they get seven, five plays later. You know, uh, third down, Wanye makes a great hit on McCaffrey, but somehow it's a, it's a, and you know, the drive comes on, they score right there. I mean, we get a third and long, and it's like, it was just like, I felt like we just beat us. Like, there was, I don't think, and you know, that's the thing with like good teams like this. If you beat yourselves, it shows his magnitude. And today, we were the four turnover team. We were the team that couldn't get out the field on third down and didn't succeed in those uh, things. But I don't think that we're off the same caliber at all. Michael, the line has kind of been questioned throughout the years. Just, you know, do you feel like it's still an issue that needs to be addressed even tighter? Um, I don't know. That's something that, like, it's, it's just only so much I can do uh, from. Well, I'm saying that, like, I don't know what's going on inside. I just set the edge, bro. Like, I don't know um, things that the interior or whatever needs to get addressed. So it's just something the coaches got to look at. Yeah, I don't think there's a person not frustrated in this locker room. I feel like uh, we need to change some things. Uh, it's like when we on, we on. But um, I feel like... I never seen a champion not be battle tested, and you see in a great Andre Ward, you know he gets knocked down, he wins ten straight. So um, we just getting tested early, and it, it started early in the season. Then it was Trayvon, and um, we've been in some games where we should have won, and games where we beat ourselves with the penalties and things like that. We just getting tested right now. What's the message going forward? Just know where we at. It's still early in the season. Um, we just. I need to, you know, help bring these guys together, and uh, we need just to get better. Um, Lost, there's no such thing as losing. You learn. Uh, so tonight, we just learned a lesson. Tonight, we got served. We were a team on the other end of the stick. We the turnover team. We the team that puts up points. And tonight, it wasn't us. So, uh, you know, sometimes you gotta look at these losses as a blessing and just say thank you. How would you compare it to the uh, Arizona game? <laughs> Arizona game, same thing. I mean, we beat ourselves in that game. Like I said, it's a blessing we lost today. This, this was one of the measures to game for y'all. See how far y'all come. You said you lost them twice last year. It's a hump you need to get over at some point if you want to realize your dream. Just how do you measure up? How do you explain where you are compared to them right now? Uh, like I said, we are not 
uh, that far off from them, I do not think they are this much of a better team than us. Like I said, we beat ourselves, and we need to be in better position to make plays and things like that. But, you know, going forward, um, we're going to have to adjust and get ready because uh, I definitely feel like they had our number and we had ours. So, um, like I said, I feel like they gave us our best shot tonight, and we get to learn from this and get better at when it comes to playoff time. I mean, yeah, to be honest, it's always tough because you're like, oh, we're back on the field, we're back on the field, and there's only so much you can show, and eventually you're going to find something that's working, you know, so, I mean, it's always frustration, I mean, that's why football is a team sport, you need offense, you need defense, you need special teams, um, because if one of them's not there, I mean, the whole thing that goes down, so football is a thing that everything works together. So, it's a blessing that we lost. But we're on the same level as San Francisco. What level are you talking about, Micah? I'm looking at the score. I've looked at this a hundred times. 42 to 10. We got an ass kick, Micah. What are you talking about? It's a blessing that we lost. So, you said this would be losers in life, Micah? Is that what you're saying? If we lose that perfect job opportunity and they give it to somebody else, you're saying, oh, it's a blessing that they got it. Well, actually, maybe, well, I don't know. It's a blessing that they got it. Oh, yeah, the amount of games that I lost in, in high school and college, or sometimes in rec ball. Do I say in rec ball, oh, it's a blessing that we lost. But the other fuckers that I play against with, they're happy that they lost. I think that shit personally. You should do my gut. How are, you, how are you gonna sit there and tell me and tell us it's a blessing that we lost? We want the same level of They're clearly better than you. They have a great quarterback. They have great running backs. They have great, great receivers. They have a great defense. All 11 guys kill Dak on defense. Kills a running game. Kill Pollard. Drink Drake Greenlaw took Pollard, carried him, and threw him on the ground. And you're saying, and you're saying, we're on the same level at, at San Francisco. How does Drake Greenlaw take a running back, a small ass running back, and throw him on the ground? Literally. And then George Kittle scores three touchdowns against us. And wears a fucked out shirt. Dude, first of all, George Kittle, you are immature. That's why you're overrated, bro. You are overrated. And you can, like I said, you can book that. But, Micah, did we watch the same game? I sat there on Sunday night and watched you fail. And watched you get dominated by Trent Williams. I saw that. Yeah, they, the Cowboys did not put you in a better position to uh, to succeed. Yes, I blame Dan Quinn on that. But also, like I said, there is no fight on this team at all. Period. We got finesse guys. When you see other teams, other teams get into other people's faces. That is called a brotherhood. Sisterhood sometimes, right? Sisterhood sometimes when it comes down to soccer, WNBA, or college basketball, wherever that may be. Call brotherhood, okay? 
because you're trying to encourage each other that this shit is not going to work. I'm sorry, this shit has to work. We got to get ourselves together. That's why I took those two points. I don't listen. I don't accept losing at all. I want to win every single day. I'm pretty sure if you had, if everyone had that same mindset as me, the world would be a better place. But Micah, I, I disagree with you. I disagree with you, Hall. You better change your mindset, or this team's going to go go down the drain. Jerry doesn't want to win. You act like Jerry now. Jerry does not want to win. Jerry is only focused on improving Arlington and Frisco. That's it. Adding more, uh, adding more dollars to his stadium and making us broke. Period. He makes us broke. Adding this thing, adding restaurants, adding uh, bars, adding everything, increasing season tickets, and we are the dumbasses to go buy this product. We are the dumbasses that sit in uh, January That whenever that promo comes around For 2024 We put our deposits down And say you know what We're going to have a great season Granted I, ne- I have never done that I have never done that Because I feel like this team has, It will not succeed anything And I save my investments On something different Now on the Mavericks Yes On the Spurs Yes on the Rangers, absolutely. On North Texas, that's iffy. But on the WNBA, maybe. But on the Cowboys, hell no. Until you show, uh, uh, bring a coach here. Until you bring players in. Until Michael Parsons changes overall mindset of who it, of who he is supposed to be, then I will invest more in this team. Money wise But we have injuries Number four Layton's going to be out four to six weeks With the next strain That's going to be huge Because he, he's our main caller on defense CJ Goodwin's out he, I think they put him on in, uh, in the reserve Due to left Pretoria That's his shoulder And then Kevante Turbin Four to six weeks The Cowboys says not concerned It's concerned to me because we need that electric returner. Deuce Vaughn, to his credit, is not that electric returner. I feel like I feel like he's going to set him. I feel like the Cowboys are setting himself up to get to get killed. But we don't have much on this team right now. Number five, my final take. So obviously, I said, like I said, four to two to ten. One of the games we could have won. Because I chose the Cowboys to win. I was that dumbass that said, you know what? The Cowboys are going to win this game 28 to 20. I think I said 28 to 21. I said that. I didn't see 42 to 10. I didn't see Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, George Kittle dominate like that. I didn't see that. And I don't want the media, like Shannon said, I don't want uh, them to compare us to the 2000 defense. I watched their defense, their elite defense, but at the same time, we're not that elite on defense. We could be, we could be, but we're not there right now, and I don't think we'll ever be there. We have a quarterback that can't lead. We got a running back who 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 can't set the who can't run the ball, for that matter. Who I think he's lost a step. 
We have rivals here that complains about not getting the ball, but yet can't fight to get open. And no one's talking about it. No one's talking about how the body language of C.D. Lamb not getting open the ball. Mike McCartney has done nothing to get to get this man the ball. Even Dak Prescott has done nothing to get the ball. We got an injured offensive line. We got a defense that's inconsistent. And then we got, uh, what else? We got fans out there that are delusional. That want to say Dak's a bum. I want to go, that, that's too far. I wouldn't go and say that. That's, that's too far. I would say Dak's not that great. I would say that Dak needs to calm down the noise. I would say that. But I won't call him a bum or... or I, 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 the least thing I would say... The least, he's not really good. And we got to be honest with ourselves. I mean, Dak will have good games. Don't get me wrong. He will have... He'll have he'll have good games of not throwing any, any interceptions or three touchdown passes. He'll have those good games, but I wouldn't say. Uh, but I'm not. Again, I'm not. I'm not going to be. On, I'm not going to be on the bus any further. I'm on the bus on the Cowboys, but I'm not going to be on the on Dak's bus. I'm sorry. I, I'm not. I can't defend this quarterback anymore. He's going to have a great game. Don't get me wrong. I can't defend him anymore. Let's before we end this cowboy talk. Let's I guess let's hear Stephen A. celebrate now. Howdy! How do you do? You might be wondering right now what the hell is going on. Southern Steve is in the house. We're in the number 88. I know that's what you're wondering, Shannon. I know that's what you're wondering, Shannon. Well, here's the answer, buddy. Here's the answer. Evidently, while the Cowboys were in Santa Clara, I believe, last night, they were looking for a playmaker. They were looking for somebody to make plays. They were trying to figure it out. And they couldn't find it. They couldn't find it. They were looking all over the place. Couldn't find any of them. Well, guess what? The playmaker's right here with your boy Shannon and Stephen A. First takes the place to be because evidently the big D, that ain't the place to go. <laughs> First. All right, so, so that was Stephen A. He has every right to make fun of us. And now we get the Chargers. Like I said, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's over or not. I, I feel like if we lose, I feel like the season's all but done. It's all all but done. We'll be at 500. The Eagles, I'm pretty sure, will be 6-0. Which are 5-0 right now. I'm not worried about Washington. And I'm definitely not worried about the Giants. But I am worried about us going 500 after this game. Now, 4-2, and two, I'm still not satisfied. But... At, but at three and three, I'll be I'll be here here to panic about it, about the, any, any chance I get. So let's transition to college football between Texas and Oklahoma. Okay, now thirty four thirty Oklahoma wins this game. Great game, but I'm not. But I told y'all last week. I said I favored Queen. 
cares over Dylan Gabriel. And I was wrong. Dylan Gabriel showed me everything. Running, throwing the ball, mindset, controlling the line of scrimmage like he did. He showed me everything. I don't think he got sacked. Texas was not ready for this game. Quarterback Quinares was not ready for this game. That's why he threw two interceptions early. He was not ready. Neither was Texas. They were an embarrassment. They're not a top 10 team. Now, granted, they'll, they'll, win, they'll win games in the Big 12. And they may see Oklahoma again in the Big 12 challenge again. I'm not, I'm not even going to say those things right now. I think somebody else is more. I think Texas will have one or two more losses. Because this team went back. Went backwards. Oklahoma exposed them this game. And the first four, the first five games, I believed in Quinn Earls. And I kind of still do. But, again, Quinn Earls can do a lot of great things at Texas. He can, what, yeah, pass Texas, whatever that may be. He'll do a lot of great things. But, at the same time, he'll get exposed. I just don't get it. I just don't get why... When it comes down to the biggest stage, you can't perform the way you're supposed to be. You can't keep the ball in front of you. Now, I play Sark. Sark is not ready. He is not ready at all. The coach is not ready to lead this team. I told y'all that. I told you that in the offseason. I said it last season. I said Sark is not the right coach for this Texas team. He's not right for them. John the Brooks ran for 22 for 129 and a touchdown. They had great numbers. Jordan Winton had 10 for 115. Xavier Worthy had 8 for 108. They have great numbers. But when it comes down to you being the number one team in the whole of college football, you are not there yet. Will you be there eventually? We'll see. You're moving to the SEC. But this game here, wow. What an embarrassment. What an embarrassment. It was a great game to watch, but this was an embarrassment all over. All over. So now, what do you do about being the number one team? What do you do about moving forward. Now you go to the bye week and you have to address some things. How did Oklahoma dominate the line of scrimmage? How did Dylan Gabriel was able to run out and get 115 yards? Or was it 115 yards? 113 yards. Whatever that number is. It doesn't matter. He still got those yards. You can't allow a running quarterback beat you. You can't do that at all. Like I predicted I predicted 8 and 4. I said it. I said this team will go 8 and 4. I didn't expect to lose loss to Oklahoma. But we still got a season to play. Texas still has a favorable schedule. They still have a favorable schedule. But you got to remember at this time at this time 
Uh, it's that time of the year where upsets do happen. Teams that, that are not relevant right now, like TCU, will come out of the woodworks one game and perform well. Just remember that. Just remember that the Big 12 is not over. You have not solidified your spot in the, team, in the, in, in the uh, conference championship game until you go on a winning streak again. You have not solidified that spot. These teams are coming. They're ready to dethrone you. Oklahoma, I don't know about their team. Do I think that Oklahoma has a chance to make it to the college football playoff this year? Well, you know, you're 6-0. I mean, you're halfway through the season, so... Um, it is a possibility. Their odds did did increase. It's a possibility, you know. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I, I do see them in, in there. Maybe undefeated. Maybe they're not like the same TCU team that of last year. I think they're better. I think they're better than TCU of last year. But enough of that game. Let's go to Colorado versus Arizona State. Colorado wins this game 27-24 over Arizona State. Shador 26-42 for 239 and a touchdown. Now, their quarterback, Tritton Bogat, 32 for 49 for 335 and a touchdown. Now, I ask this question. Is Colorado mediocre? Is Colorado mediocre? I believe so. And it's not because of the hype. It's not because of what they do during the during the week. It's just because they're not there. You talk about losing to teams, well, expected, Oregon and USC. I mean, I, I thought they'll beat USC. Because USC is not that team. Colorado... Could be that team one day, but it's just too much. It's just too much. Dion has done a great job leading that team to four wins, but it's not good enough in his standards. It's not good enough for me, and I echo every sentiment that he said in his press conference, which we're about to hear right now. Play his press conference, please. I don't think they really are higher level than us. Um, I think we're the same caliber playoff team, um, if not the same talent standard as them. Um, I just feel like. I've delivered every type of message you can, you can fathom. Um, it's not just the team. This is all of us. This is me and the coaches included. It's not just the team. They glean from us. He's mad. Yeah. He's upset with the way this looks. 
He, he's upset with the way it's going. He's upset with hit at the hit at the hit. You think he's happy being the most sacked guy in the during, uh in college football, and he's still doing what he's capable of doing? It's, it's, he's sick of it. Every driver's key. Every driver's key. He always does this. You see this every day and week, man. This ain't new to you. You see this every week. You see him do this every week. It's like we waiting on him to put on his cape and do what he does. It's what he does every week. You guys should be accustomed to it by now. No. Okay. the message during the darn game is that you got to go out there and do your darn jobs. I mean, uh, Coach Kelly, he's, he's calling he's calling a heck of a game. I'm listening. He's calling a heck of a game. we got guys that, that need to, to step up and do handle their responsibilities. First of all, there's no way a team should drive 96 yards on us to tie the game. No way. There's no way. we got to do better. we got to put the kids in better situations. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Uh, shoot, look at the damn stats. I mean, the targets. We, we got we to do better. We got to do better. All the way around. Offensive, defensively, special teams. Start out, I mean, we start out not kicking the damn ball to the end zone or uh, returnable ball. I don't know how everybody else kickers kick the ball out of the end zone but ours. Okay, so you heard Coach Prime. Um, you know, I, I watched the highlights of that game, and Arizona State is a, is a horrible team this year. I, I, I won't even say they won't get better. They're a horrible team. And you're over there, Shador, and celebrating with the crowd. You're trolling their fan base. Very immature on your part. But something interesting that he said that, you know, Shadur is the most sacked quarterback in college football, which I, I, I agree with. They don't have a great offensive line. That's why I said they're mediocre. Because you got guys that are celebrating only three-point victory against a garbage college football team in the Arizona State. Now, against USC and Oregon, yes. If you beat them, absolutely. But you don't show their fans. Because you got to remember, those fans came to disrespect you. But those fans will not have an impact on football long term. And I'm talking about Arizona State. I'm talking about um, outside of football, period. They want to make fun of you because of the hype. They don't care about they don't care about the game. They go in there and talk shit to the to to you, Shador. You can't bow down to that. You are better than that. Daddy has taught your dad has taught you well. He thought you to stay humble, stay ready, stay focused. Those fuckers will not get a job. Sorry, not get a job. They will get a job. But they will not care about the game of football when they graduate from college. Period. They come to troll you throughout the whole entire game. Don't stoop to their level. You're better than them. They're not in on the field with you. They get a free ticket to go and, and talk trash you, throw stuff at you. Which I don't, I don't encourage that. At all. Take your victory and move on. As I said, 
People people accept mediocre victories. He does. Like you're trained to be to become an NFL quarterback. If you had a decent offensive line, if you could play college football, we that is no doubt in my mind. But don't flash the watches. Don't flash whatever you want to flash. Don't do that. You're better than that. And I expect you to grow up. Just grow up. Grow up. Now, my last and final one, North Texas. Now, North Texas took a bye week. But coming out of the bye, another loss. Navy 27, North Texas 24. Slow, but a good game. Chandler Rogers had went 22 for 32 for 267 and a touchdown. He fumbled twice. And normally, pretty sure that coaches will be like, after you fumble the second time, which is not your fault. It's just that we don't have a good offensive line. When you get hit blindsided, you start from the ball. It's not your fault at all. Period. It's not your fault. And so, again, I ask the question: Does Matt Matt McCone, Capone and Eric Morris? Matt McCone, Capone is the defensive coordinator. Eric Morris is the head coach. Do they get any sleep at night? It looks like they love mediocre results. They love decent results. This is one of the worst defenses in in my lifetime. And I've been watching North Texas football for the last 15 years. i never seen this bad of a defense. Oh, my gosh. How many rushing yards do you have to give to one team that only runs the football? That when they pass it, their receivers are fired to the ball more than the cornerback is. We don't have a scheme anymore. But yet, we're saying we're sending positive vibes for the, to the defensive corner and the head coach. This is stupid. This is stupid at all, at best. I hate this defense. I hate Matt, I hate our defensive coordinator. I, I don't like Eric Morris's messages. I hate it. And we are almost the same age, Eric. And said that you're better than me. When it comes down to football, Eric, I can coach football better than you. Put me on the on on uh, on what what your staff if this defense will rise. You don't care that your defense is the last in the country, but yet y'all are saying we're a great team. I'm pretty sure when I hear the press conference, I'm pretty sure we're going to have good vibes to say about us. But what the fuck did we, what have we done? Chandler Morris can only do so much on offense. He can only do so much on offense. The running game can only do so much to run the football. We got decent receivers. The offense can do so much and score so much that we can't defend a, a cold. <laughs> we can't even... We don't even know how to play football on defense. So you might as well keep the offense on the field at all times. I hate our defense. Our defense needs to change after next season. 
You need to reevaluate your coaching staff, Eric. It needs to happen now rather than later. Don't let us become one of the worst defenses in modern time. Because this is an absolute embarrassment. And the reason why they put it on TV, Eric, wasn't because of you. It was because of Navy. Because of what their standard is. Now, the next few games will be on TV. It's because of the other opponent. Temple wins games. They have a decent college college campus. I've never been to Temple, but I heard things about them. And then you play against uh, Tulane. Tulane has a decent football program. Like, what are we doing here? You're not on TV because of, of you, North Texas. You're on TV because of the, of the opponent. There's a difference. Alabama's on TV every single week because of Nick Saban. In Alabama and the culture of Alabama, they win a lot of games. Texas, too. Colorado, too. Colorado has done more things than North Texas has done in, in a season's time. That's why for the watchable Colorado fans. You ask if I can support this team, this North Texas team. I mean, I, I still will be, but at the same time, this defense is horrible, and I wish somebody would be honest during the week and say, you know what, we need a change. We need to change our philosophy. We need to change, period. Period. What's the problem with not changing? We change every single day as humans. So why can't we change the scheme on defense? What is the scheme on defense? What is it? I don't know it, but what is it? What is it that we're missing? And I hope, I guess I hope the next six games we figure this out. Because it's going down real quick. Alright guys, that's it for my football takes. Um, I make no apologies for being passionate because I'm tired of seeing mediocre defenses. Why can't my football teams win? Why can't my football teams put a complete game together and make, make me satisfied? Let me be satisfied for one, for one week, please. That's a maxing. I'm asking for a week. And then if you want to suck for the next two to three weeks, fine. But at least for one week, put a game plan together. And I hope the Cowboys and North Texas put that game plan together. All right, guys, coming up next, let's talk about some WNBA stuff. Game one, and I might give you a little teaser for game two. Let's talk about it on the other side, and I want to make it. I want. I want to say this about the new team that's coming on in 2025. I want to make that statement in a second. Let's talk about it on the other side. It's beyond the game on Fishbowl Radio.
extrovert, it can't make friends Pray for better days, now it's 300k when my day ends Do you remember last night, cause I blacked out In that all white dress with a back out Said be careful with a heart, cause it's fragile And thinking about a past, make a lash out Sue me, it ain't no worries at all Any problem, I be there in one call If we locked in, you my dog Fanny, you hang pictures on my wall Satellite AP on my arm and it's shining bright
Welcome back to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fistball Radio. Hey, it's Jamie again. Uh, so, before I get into my um, game one and game two, th- this is the WNBA Finals. This, this is this is moment. This is I, I love the finals, and I love the WNBA. However, I wanted to make this last point. On the last thing, but I'm gonna make this the first thing. So the Demi and Mia last week announced a new franchise that's gonna start in 2025. That is called, uh, well, that's where that's in Golden State. It's gonna be the 13th team. Now, many people have said, many people have said, hey, there's an announcement about expansion team. So now. In 2025, we'll have 13 teams instead of the ones that I want to see. 18. I want to see 18 teams in the WNBA. 18. How does women's soccer have at least 20 or 25, whatever that may be, teams? And it's in different spots of the of the states. How they're able to do that, I don't know. MLS has about 30 teams in the league. They're able to do that in every season. They're adding uh, a city every single year. And so to me, to me, this is stupid. They add one team. You could have added a second team. You could have added a third team. You could have added six teams in the WNBA. Because the sport of women's basketball is growing. It is growing. Here overseas wherever that may be it is growing right now and but yeah we get one team that's going to play in 2025 why not next year why not next year you have everything there you're playing at the chase set that you have there you have places you're there period you are there <laughs> you there's nothing you you come up with a team name okay fine you have you you're a twenty thousand foot arena, yes. You have that. You have Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, Draymond, they may invest in that. Steve Kerr, they may invest in that. Now you have two teams in California. This is stupid. This is stupid. Now, do they have time to add one more team? Yes. Yes, to make it even absolutely they have time. That time between now and, and uh, the next season, the next next season, which is 2025, that this team will get started. I don't agree with starting in 2025 because you need that one cornerstone player. That one cornerstone player is not going to be in the draft. It shouldn't be in the draft. It should be one player that's played in the WNBA league, that's, that's played in the WNBA NBA for more than five years. You need one player to be that cornerstone in your franchise. Like Enrique, Enrique Satu are the Sinistones or the franchise for the Dallas Wings. Minnesota, you could say Nafisa Collier. 
maybe down Diamond Miller in the next few years. The Sparks, NECA. I'm not even worried about Shanae. Shanae. I'm not worried about her. She does not care about basketball at all. So you need that one cornerstone player that, that can that can make examples of your franchise. That cornerstone player that says, you know what? Everything runs around me. And then that's two cornerstone coach. Like I said, these coaches are not these players are not listening to older coaches. They the oldest coaches that they'll listen to, the well, on the women's side, they'll probably listen to Gino. They'll listen to uh, they'll listen to uh, who is it? They'll listen to uh, Tara Vanderveer of Stanford because she she's all Stanford. They'll listen to her, but they'll listen to Gino, but not listen to anyone else outside of those two Hall of Famers. If you built your career for a long time, they're not listening to you. Then they're, they're going to listen to you. But if you haven't built it yet, they're not going to listen to you. Period. In the story, they're not going to listen to you. Then you're going to listen to somebody younger than 50. That's why I said the Cowboys need somebody younger than 50 years old to run this football team. You see the NFL right now. You see the Houston Texans, uh, their head coach. I can't remember his name. I, I, I should be ashamed of him. I don't remember his name. But they'll listen to younger head coach. Oh, Cheryl Reese. They'll listen to Cheryl Reese. Cheryl Reese is almost 60. They'll listen to her. Katie Smith, they they may listen to her because she's, she's almost that, that Cubs. I, I watched Katie Smith play. She's almost that Cubs, Cubs at 50. So I do think she'll get another chance. They'll listen to her. But if you have, a, like I said, you haven't accomplished anything past 50 years old, you then they're not going to listen. Mike McCartney has not accomplished anything. They're not going to listen to him. That's why his coaching's off. That's why we, we said Sean Payton for the longest time and eventually never got him. So that's why the WBA, you don't I, I saw the names. Carolyn Peck. I saw Terry Vanderbilt. I saw Gino. Those coaches are long... Gino's going to retire from, from UConn. Tara's going to, going to retire from Stanford. Carolyn Peck is good at where she's at. She's not going to coach another team again. She shouldn't even be coaching the WNBA because she failed at the WNBA. Remember the Orlando, the, Orlando, the Orlando Miracle? She failed at that. She's good at what she does right now, which is sitting in the booth, sitting at the table, doing the WNBA countdown and the Las Vegas Aces games. She's going to continue to do that. So, there's a lot of coaches, there's a lot of players to run around with, but you're building this team from scratch. And it's not going to be an easy transition. Now, let's get to the WNBA Finals. The Liberty beat the, the sorry, not the Liberty, the Aces beat the Liberty 99-82. The reason being, the third quarter. The third quarter, the Aces outscored the Liberty 26-16. Now, the main thing for the Liberty was the shooting. Well, not the main thing. The main thing for the Liberty in this game was the Liberty did not sustain any runs. They did not go of any runs of their own. So, with that being said, they started, they, they started out well, actually. They started out well. And then when it came to the second half, Becky Hammond made some adjustments. They get, you know, probably yelled at some players to play a little bit better. 
played a little bit defense, and that's what happened. Now the Liberty, here's my takes from game one. They couldn't control the guards. So that was Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum. They couldn't get any shots they want. They could, I'm sorry, they could get any shots they want, but the Liberty, but the Liberty did not move the ball efficiently in the second half as they were doing in the first half. The Aces took that away. They went to a 2-3 zone in the second half, which was too late because they were down by 11. You shouldn't be going to a 2-3 zone. I'd rather you go to a 2-3 zone when you're down by 6. You're down by 6 and you haven't got any possessions on offense. I'd rather you go to a 2-3 zone. Two, I'm sorry, a 2-3 zone when you're down by 6. Then, Dolson, the one player that I will say in game 2, that may may not play in the series because of athleticism of Asia Wilson. They only have one post. Was is Asia Wilson? They only have one. Kia Simpson's not gonna kill you. And even that, Dolson will not get on the court. And I'm talking about Stephanie Dolson. She will not get on the court because she's unathletic. And I'm not trying to make a joke or anything. It's just not the right series for her. What the Aces run. Is they like to run It's like Asia Wilson loves athleticism You gotta move with Asia Wherever she goes you get, The Liberty have to move with her In this case they try to put Kayla Dorton on her Because Kayla Dorton has a physical body Can play 1 through 5 ja- Jaquel tried to guard her But Jaquel was in foul trouble Which limits their bench Brianna Stewart She's gotta save her energy on the offensive end Cause you know her her no, her defense is not that great. If you can expose Bri- Brianna Stewart's defensive powers, powers, I can't pronounce that word, then it'll make uh, it'll make the uh, it'll, it'll make it'll make the Aces go a little bit further. It'll make deliberate uses on offense. So. I'm going to write down my game two adjustments for. I'm probably going to forget about them, but I'm going to say the Liberty don't need to. They shot well. I mean, 46 percent. They shot well. It's not really the shooting. It's just that the Aces were physical, and the and the Liberty had to be physical back. And I think that the officials let some things go, which as they should. You're in the finals. You have to. It's a battle. You have to get through it. Now let's get to the Aces. The Aces, Kelsey Plum had 26 points. Jack Young had 26 points. That's another player you have to be Liberty fans. Liberty players. Chelsea Gray had 20. Almost a triple double. She had 6 rebounds and 9 assists. Asia Wilson had 19 and 8. So a little off game for Asia, but she had help. They shot 55%. They drove to the basket a lot more, which is good because the Liberty were in foul trouble, especially Jaquel. They, uh, they shut down Nescu. She only had seven points. They blitz, they blitz her. So Chelsea Gray was calling for, you know, in the timeout. One of the timeouts that, she, that they were talking about is they called a blitz for Chelsea Gray. No, it's not for Chelsea Gray. Chelsea Gray called out a blitz. On Nescu on the screens, and it worked. Now, my only question for Game Two is: 
what are you going to do about uh, Marina Johannes? Because she's not like an Inescu guest coming off the screen. I think what I'm going to do with Johannes is I'm just going to find wherever she is. I'm going to be there on the catch. I will be there on the catch and go from there. I got to be there on the catch. Because, like I told y'all, Johannes is going to streak down the court. Going to be the last person on the court and shoot a three-point shot. Because that's her game. That is her game. I'm going to find her. I'm going to run around with her. Now, if the Liberty have to, I'm sorry, if the Aces have to play five on four to stay with Johannes, I'd rather do that than have her just streak down the court and shoot a a, a, a contested three-point shot. Basically an open shot for her. I'd rather do that. I, but Inescu on going back to the literary side has to figure has to create her own shot. She has to create her own shot for games two. If the Liberty are going to have a chance, because I feel like the Aces have that similar to Blitz Inescu all court all possession long. They have that. They will do it. I said the third quarter was the key. Their quarter is key because the Aces made adjustments. 26 to 16, the Aces won that quarter. They made adjustments. They said they were physical with the Liberty. They said, we're going to shut down Inescu. They also said, we're going to make Courtney Venezu beat us. Courtney Venezu was hesitant to shoot the ball in game one because, because Inescu and Stewart do the scoring. And possibly Lanny, we can't forget about Lanny. She does the scoring as well. So with that being said, um, you you're going to guard three players. The Aces do have that. Most teams don't. Most teams can't guard three players. The Liberty can. I'm sorry. The Liberty are one of the few can. They have depth. It's just that Brandella doesn't want to use her depth. All too long on the court. Again, Jacqua have Jacqua was in foul trouble. She had three fouls before the third, before the end of their quarter. That's in foul trouble, and that's a concern for me. If I'm a Liberty fan, I got to keep JJ on the court. JJ provides value all on the offensive end, which is, which the Aces do have trouble defending bigger player, bigger physical player, which JJ is. They have trouble doing that. So that's why I said the third quarter has to be your your best quarter. Now my last point is there's more ISO and pick and roll for Gray and Wilson which Liberty don't have an answer for. So you know how to defend that? Do you know how to defend that? You communicate. If, if, if I'm Chelsea Gray, if I'm trying if my man I do I if my person is screening Chelsea Grace person and I'll tell you this I won't even blitz that screen I won't even go with Chelsea Gray on that Chelsea Gray can beat you so many ways but I but I don't want her to have Wilson open 
And if you're Wilson's person or Kia Stokes person, or even if, if it's uh, Jackie Young's person, then I will say, I will say, I'll just either switch it or get through it. In this case, get through it because I don't know what the game two officials are going to call. Are they going to call a blocking foul or are they going to call running to the person on the screen? Try to get through the screen because they, they tend to call fouls on that. They tend to call fouls on uh, screen uh, on the person. If, you, that if you're trying to get through the screen, well, you automatically try to run into the person that's setting the screen. They call a foul on Chelsea Grace Defender. So, but I don't, I don't know how you, I, again, it just depends on every official's different in the WNBA and the, in the, in the, in the NBA. The NBA is going to allow you to um, get through the screen, but also, but also, they're going to, uh, some officials do call it. Do call because you're running into the person. And in this case, you might as well flop and get a technical foul. I wouldn't encourage that at all. But again, I don't know who the Game 2 officials are. Hopefully somebody out there will know beforehand. Now, my Game 2 adjustments. And I'm just going to write a little bit there on, on a piece of paper. I'm going to say my main big adjustment. I'm going to give you one big adjustment and I'm going to explain further on it. For the Liberty, not only the shooting what was bad. It wasn't bad at all. 46% in a game that you, that you lost by 17 points is it, not that bad at all. I will say this. On the offensive end, you could run with the Liberty. Now, it's going to disrupt what your half-court office is because Sandy Bondello Dello is a half-court coach. She's going to coach in the half-court. And now that's what it is. She's a half-court coach. And um, and there's no there's not it's not a, a problem to have that that Cindy Bardell is a half court coach, but unless the offense works and it works, but at the same time you make it easier on the aces to to defend, and so in this case, in this case. If, if I'm the Liberty and I want to improve on the offensive end, I will, you know, I will have Inescu find her own shot. Maybe more more floaters to the basket. Maybe Johannes had a good game in, the, in game one. She, I think she had 17 points. Yeah, she had 14 points, sorry. 14 points. She had 14 points in game one. And that was all in the half court. Well, her one three-pointer was... Like I said, her streaking down the court. Um, JJ has sixteen and ten, which that's not go that that won't go on this. And then Brianna Stewart had twenty one and nine rebounds. So in this case, I me personally, I will say the office will work. It's just that how do you defend the the aces? How do you defend them? You to defend them by putting Lanny. I like how Lanny was able to guard Chelsea Gray. I like that matchup. I love that matchup. Because Lanny can guard one through four. 
possibly five maybe if they go that small. I, but I don't think the Liberty will go that small. If if Jaquel gets foul trouble in game two, I do think they're going to move Stewart down and they're going to bring Caleb Thornton in the game. Um, there's, like I said, there's no Stephanie Dawson. They, they want athleticism. The Aces are an athletic team. They can run down the court. Stephanie Dawson is not that player. At least in not this series. So how do you defend the Aces? I would say in every made basket you go 2-3 zone. But the 2-3 zone has got to be a matchup zone. It's got to be effective. Corny, uh, yeah, it's got to be effective. You got to communicate. And JJ ha- cannot be in foul trouble at all. She cannot be in foul trouble. She's the cornerstone of that office and the defense. Now, if you expose Brianna Stewart, it throws the Liberty's game off. But you defend the Aces by going 2-3 zone and putting bodies on Asia Wilson. Look how Dallas frustrated Asia Wilson in Game 3. Look at that film. That film was Asia Wilson was frustrated. She'd done everything she can to get an open shot. And eventually, she got a few open shots, but... It didn't take. It took the fourth quarter to reach double digits. Usually, she's getting that about halftime, but it took her the fourth quarter to reach double digits. You know why? Because Dallas is that physical team. They put three physical players on Wilson and made it feel uncomfortable. The Liberty don't have that, and they won't have that. And that's okay. That's okay because you can defend the Aces in numerous ways. It's just that one way would be the 2-3 zone. Do it early on on every make versus man-to-man defense on a miss. But you got to get back on defense. Now the aces. And then again, again, I'll have more of this on my pages, on my Facebook page. Please subscribe, please. (laughs) Thank you. But the aces, the adjustments I will make is they got to start their work early. Numerous times this team was down by seven, seven or eight points. I don't think the league got past seven points. Not that I know of. Um, they got to get their bench going. And again, there's only one or two players that may come off the bench and may play more than ten minutes. And but there's one player, Alicia Clark, came into the game and played more than one, more than ten minutes. She only comes to the game if any of the guards need rest or any of the post players need rest. Becky Hammond is not going to expand her bench. So, if the Liberty really want to run down the court, you got to expose the Aces, Aces bench. Or lack thereof. Sydney Colson did not come into the game to the last minute. Kayla George did not come into the last minute. I don't think Alicia, uh, I don't think, uh, Alicia Colt saw the floor. I don't think she saw the floor at all. But in this case, I want, um, you got to expose their bench. The Aces, on the other hand, have to start their work early. Now, I love their man-to-man defense. Their defense is, is legit. But, again, continue the blitz and rescue until she gets it right. Uh, watch out for Johannes coming streaking down the court. And then you got to be physical with Jockwell. That's a lot to handle. And I know Kia Stokes can be physical with 
Jacqua because she's doing majority of the dirty work. She's doing majority of the dirty work. Again. <laughs> but as she should. But Asia Wilson can help out too. Asia Wilson ha- helps out by blocking shots on the athletic team. She doesn't want to be physical with Jacqua. Which it's alright because she's got to save her energy for the, the for the offense. So the number one thing I want the Aces to do on offense is I want them to keep the scoring going. Jackie Young cannot be messed with. So I want Jackie, Jackie Young to keep going with her scoring. Also Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum. If they start their work early, this team is uh, this team will blow this will blow into twenty points by halftime. Now defense, the Liberal will come hungry. Whoever gets the ball is going to make plays. Maybe Stewart, maybe Inescu, maybe Benaj uh, Lanny or Jaquel. The Liberty have four players that will get the ball and produce. The Aces have five players, which was, which was, or maybe six, maybe seven. I'll say six, but it's almost even. It's almost even how the Aces of Liberty how, uh, stack up. To me, to the point where the Aces can get past. Sorry, the Liberty can can expose the Aces' weaknesses. They can do that. Can they do that game two? That remains to be seen. Alright guys. That's it for today. Uh, I'm going to post majority of this once I uh, get all this together. You'll have it on my socials. Go follow me at jamie.agenti on Facebook. Instagram is just jamieagenti. J-A-M-I-E. Agenti. E-G-E-N-T-I. And then... Twitter at JE34. What else? I got a Twitch as well. That's just Jamie and Genty. <laughs> and then Snap as well. All the socials that you want to follow, follow, you can follow. Now, my scheduled guest uh, was supposed to be here today, but he couldn't be here because he had a scheduled meeting, so I'll respond to him when I get time. But I think he's going to be here next week. And then we're going to talk about the Cowboys versus Chargers. It's going to be a Monday night game. It's going to be a late game because I'm going to dive in and get through the press conferences. And I'm going to um, find some talking points of what, 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 what we need to talk about. So I'm going to do that as well. Give you my fresh takes on college football as well. And the WNBA. Would it be over or not? And it could be my last WNBA talk for this podcast for the year. I'm well, sorry, for the season. But the NBA season is coming up. So I'm going to try to figure out a way to fit that in during the season. With all this going on. It's a great sports time to have. And I'm trying to fit that in. And also the Rangers play today. So, again, trying to fit all this in. in a two-hour thing is crazy. But it'll be done. And I've been thinking about doing the second show during the week. We'll see. But nonetheless, I want to thank y'all for watching and listening to this podcast on Fishbowl Radio. 
Thank you for watching, and I'll see y'all next week. It's Beyond the Game on Fishbowl Radio.